Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network, coming to you from the TeacherCast studios since 2011. Join us each week as we bring you the latest educational news, ed tech updates, and hottest interviews with today's most influential leaders in education. And now, for your host, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is TeacherCast podcast episode number 230. We have so much to go over and so much things to talk about today. I am so happy that you are here. I hope you're having a great summer. In today's episode, we're going to be doing a wrap-up of the 2022 ISTE conference. We had such a great time and unfortunately i've got some news to tell you about something i kind of brought home with me maybe on the airplane i'm not sure we're also going to have three interviews with amazing ed tech companies i had a chance to sit down with some friends that were on the vendor floor and we talked a little bit about the state of education but i also have a fantastic interview today all about social and emotional learning and how one important little puppy is helping students and teachers share their feelings and be successful in their classrooms. So sit back. We have a lot of great things to do before we get to our interviews, before we talk about ISTE. I am excited. And the reason I'm excited is because I'm recording this show today all about the last year, all about the conference, all about everything that we've been doing here on July 11th. And for those who have been following TeacherCast today, is the anniversary of TeacherCast. That's right. It is the 11-year anniversary of when, uh, basically, if you haven't heard the story, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning, July 11th, I couldn't sleep, tossing and turning, wanted to figure out how to kind of get some stuff off my head, left my bedroom, went downstairs, and next thing you know, I had a name, I had a domain, I had the Facebook group, I had a podcast planned, and that was the start of something fun, something interesting, something I am so glad that you're here to be a part of, and I have loved the journey ever since. This journey has allowed my family to do amazing things. We traveled all over the place, going to different ISTE conferences, taking my wife out to San Diego, to to uh, San Antonio, getting a chance to see everybody at ISTEs and, and FETCs, and working with you and really helping you out on your journey. I want to take this opportunity to say thank you. Thank you for allowing me in your educational journey. Thank you for allowing me in your car. Thank you for allowing you know me the opportunity to share these blog posts and podcasts and videos. Thank you. I really appreciate it. As I say at the end of all of my shows, I hope you're here to continue learning how to share your passions with your students. And it is these passions that I enjoy so much sharing with you each and every week for the last 11 years. There's a lot of great things coming up. I hope you guys are taking a, an opportunity this summer to relax and recharge. Even today, July 11th, I spoke with an instructional coach and they said, we're starting next week. And I said, my goodness, that's, that's ridiculous. But we are here. We got a lot of great things coming up. If you're an instructional coach, welcome. Uh, we've got a great podcast that drops every single Monday called Ask the Tech Coach. You can head on over to askthetechcoach.com and join our free membership sites. We have an amazing instructional coaches network that is almost at 800 coaches 
I hope you have a chance to check that out over at askthetechcoach.com. Now, one of the things that I learned about this year at ISTE is the topic of social and emotional learning. Um, we had an opportunity a few weeks ago to interview um, the CEO of a great company and one of the things that I pulled out of that interview was how important it is for teachers and students to be able to share their thoughts with each other, share their feelings. And one of the ways that this company did that is with a service dog, a little plush toy named Bouncy. Now, Bouncy is a, is a, is a, is a tool that can be used in the classroom for sharing feelings, sharing emotions, doing check-ins. There's a lot of great stuff there. And I'm going to make sure that their video that we did with this amazing company is linked in the show notes. I'll probably even have it embedded onto our blog over at TeacherCast Podcast episode 230. But I want to play this interview first. This is the first of four interviews that we're going to be doing today from the ISTE floor. And it's with the two members of the leadership team for a company called Ripple Effects. I loved my time with them. And I want to say thank you to everybody who put this show together and getting us all together. And so my friends, you know, Sean and Lisa at, at their company helped us put this interview together. And I want to say thank you. I'm going to pause now and I'm going to play for you my company. My, I'm going to play with you my interview with Ripple Effects. Take a listen. We are here live at ISTE 22 with our good friends John Raykill and Heidi Raykill from Ripple Effects. How are you today? Welcome to ISTE. Great. Great to be in New Orleans. And love to see the city coming back, vibrancy. It was great going out last night. And excited for all the energy, especially getting back together. Wanna seeing people in person. It's been wonderful. Yeah, it's amazing to see people in person. So. And you said this is your first ISTE? This is my first ISTE. What do you think? I love it. I've already, um, you know, made some friends. <laughs> Such it's as? a great energy. Um, there was a librarian who was interested in my uh, little bouncy toy that I was carrying, and she said, oh, it's a service dog. And I said, oh, yeah, and explained a little, and she goes, oh, I could see that in my library. So, um, so it's just fun, just, you know, that's just a random meetup. So we're here to talk about all the big news here at ISTE, and of course one of the big pieces of news is, John, you are being uh, the new CEO of Ripple Effects. Tell us a little bit about um, the honor, and uh, what's new at Ripple Effects these days? Well, uh, thank you. I uh, am excited to take over Ripple Effects. For those who don't know, Ripple Effects was created by my mother, Alice Ray, in 1997. What makes Ripple Effects and, and my job so exciting is that we're facing a mental health crisis of epic proportions coming back. Um, kids needing connection, community more than ever. Yeah. Um, needing to uh, make sure that kids get the resources they need to improve learning outcomes. And then we have on the uh, staff side a uh, staff situation where uh, we have staff leaving the profession, first-year teachers who may not feel as comfortable teaching the material. And so right now is one of the unique times that Ripple Effects can bridge that. And we can help kids with learning outcomes and we can help teachers uh, with the efficacy of how they feel about teaching topics that are hard in the social, emotional, and behavioral health learning field. We hear so much about that, and that's a major topic here at ISTE, helping students out, social, emotional. I want to dive into that. As a teacher preparing for the new school year, what are some of the things that we should be thinking about, and how can we best help our students as the school year starts? Wow, I mean, I think 
trauma. You know, these think of what these children are coming into your classroom with. They're not coming just with a backpack and books. They're coming with um, loss, extreme loss. So many people have lost people. Um, they're coming with the high levels of anxiety and mental health um, concerns. Being in this uncertain time, even if they didn't experience loss themselves, um, they're coming back to teachers and staff that look different because there's been so many teachers that have left, so many staff members. So to really step into their shoes, I mean, is I think uh, crucial at this point and say, what do these kids need beyond, um, you know, the traditional things to get to a place where they can learn? Because with, with what they're coming with now, they're not going to be ready to learn. They need to get to that calm, um, safe feeling so that they can really learn what they need to learn. And I'd add too that they, you know, a lot of people were the connectedness and community when you're doing distance learning or remote. True. We, we, we took a whole generation of children and locked them in a room with yeah. a computer. And a lot. Now we have to deal with that. So. And, and, and for some that. kids, that was actually easier, too. That's I mean, right. because they were struggling academically, portion. a small portion, and so they're, they're coming back, too, and they're, they're nervous as well. So. It is interesting that we're coming back to a point where students are getting into the classroom, yet more school districts are creating hybrid schools. Talk to us a little bit about a school district that is trying to blend all of that. You've got kids that are coming back, but also at the same time, they are purposely making remote learning opportunities for students that are going to be full-time on the computer. How do we support their social-emotional needs? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things we found is that, um, I mean, Ripple Effects has been doing this for 25 years now, so this is not, um, we used to be cutting edge in that, um, believing that we could teach social skills with technology, but this is something we've been doing for a long time, but what we found is in the pandemic, it was the perfect storm and people really needed mental health supports, um, and it was online. So we were able to fill that um, gap at the time. Um, I think in terms of districts that are doing this. Um, well, I think LAUSD is uh, really supporting, uh, really uh, supporting SEL in the classroom in a, in a teacher uh, training manner, as well as offering the resources, as you pointed out. Two, two children who have not been able to come back in person. Um, so, uh, you know, we offer, the unique thing about our program is we can do both. We can do it in a way that involves the teacher in the classroom connecting with the kids, and we have the technology to do it in a distance learning manner. And, and that's really the new frontier, and that's what's exciting about EdTech. This is the first time we're really gonna see is technology really gonna, uh, you know, sort of deliver on what's been promised. It's a new fertile ground, so that's what's exciting about the whole program. Earlier this year, I had a chance to work with Ripple Effects on one of your programs, um, Bouncy. Bouncy. Bouncy is an we love program. Bouncy. We love Bouncy. <laughs> I got to tell you, on, on recording here, my eight-year-olds absolutely love Bouncy. Talk to us a little bit about Bouncy and uh, what is Bouncy doing in schools these days? Bouncy is a cute, you can't see it, but it, um, he's a cute, adorable um, animatronic service dog for your classroom or your um, to work with students. Um, Bouncy does um, breathe breath training. So Bouncy uses breath training to help students learn to calm themselves. Um, and uh, it's been very successful in that. Um, uses songs, we have um, songs you can download and other digital elements as well to use with the animatronic um, 
lessons. So Bouncy is a pre-K through grade one um, tool that uh, is just adorable, mm -hmm. frankly. But Bouncy isn't where the story ends. You also have a great suite of tools for all K-12. Talk to us a little bit about what's offered. Yeah, so we have a suite of tools for K-12 that starts with Bouncy. I always enjoyed my time. We have a ripple effects for kids. We have a ripple effects for teens, um, grades <laughs> 6 through 12. So I've always kids, been like with Sort of 2 through 6. And then we have a suite for teachers. Um, we have our professional development program as well, Educator Ally um, and Pocket Ally, the uh, phone version of that. And they are all um, helping kids solve problems in their lives and getting them in a place where they can be focused and ready to learn, spend more time in the classroom instead of um, dealing with behavioral challenges or personal mental health challenges. Now, all the information can be found over on your website, rippleeffects.com. Let's talk a little bit about Bouncy today. How is something like Bouncy the Service Dog being directly implemented in the classrooms so that way it has an effect on students? Well, what's awesome about Bouncy and also about our other programs is that they're very, um, like you can use them in lots of different ways. So um, different teachers in different classrooms and different settings use Bouncy in different ways. The thing that I'm most excited about coming in from our research is that, so, um, Basically, children hold Bouncy and they breathe. Bouncy does some coaching to help them breathe at a slow pediatric rate as well. But but the exciting thing for me is that Bouncy is actually increasing cl um, classroom culture. So you'll see like a child, there's in one of our, in a couple situations this has happened, where one of the children sees another child upset and will go and get Bouncy. Or one of the children sees another kid who's acting out and before they might have kind of like, um, rolled their eyes at that kid or like judged them, but instead they go, oh, maybe you need bouncy, and they bring it. So what's really exciting for me is that the technology that we're using is actually building connection and making a stronger classroom culture and stronger community, so. One of the things that I think is important about what Ripple Effects offers is the professional development. Talk to us a little bit about how you're helping teachers learn how to support students through social-emotional. Well, First, we're giving them social-emotional skill training as well because uh, you are not going to have regulated students if you don't have a regulated teacher, right? So all of the stress, all the things we talked about with students, that's happening to staff too. They're experiencing loss, they're experiencing trauma, they're experiencing burnout, they're, um, they're just at the end of their ropes. So, and some just don't have the skills to begin with. So um, the educator ally actually builds up those skills, gives them tools to problem solve and as we do with our student programs the 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 thing is not to have people learn just learn how to manage their upset feelings better but to develop agency to change the things that are making things hard for them so um, so they can actually change their lives and have the skills to be happy and successful and I'd say some self-care we've noticed and that a lot of teachers need to they're so giving need to also take care of themselves and uh, strategies and making time for themselves. I think that's a big part yeah. of the program. But not in the like toxic, no. you know, positivity, um, self-care, like real self-care, like, um, you know, if there's something dysfunctional in your life, change it, right? Or um, if you're being treated poorly at work, here are some ways to learn to respectfully stand up to someone. Um, so those kinds of things that aren't just take a bubble bath because we know all the bubble baths aren't going to fix what's going on right now. So. So we've talked a little bit about students, we've talked a little bit about teachers. Let's end with the community, because social-emotional is beyond the classroom. What can school districts do 
to support not just what's happening in the learning environment, but really in the entire community. Yeah, so I think parent engagement would be one. You as a, as a parent, I assume, would want to know uh, what's happening in the classroom and how it connects. And I think that, 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 that schools that are successful in parent engagement um, with, with the classroom, with teachers, with all stakeholders involved, have the best chance of it creating the community in that sense. Yeah, and I'm just gonna to go back to bouncy since I love bouncy. Um, part of our program is a little bouncy. So one of the the animatronic lives in the classroom usually, but a lot of classrooms also have little bouncies which kids use in the classroom. But some are allowed to take home, or you could take home, and that carrying that home. So if if you're learning it at school and then it's reinforced at home, that's the best thing that we need because you're building your community, and as you said, the community is more than just the classroom. Ultimately. We've got to get this skill training out to everybody. We need to get everybody the support they need to work. It's an entire, um, somebody said it's, it's like kids are in the classroom 180 days or something, but they're in their communities 365 days a year. So that's what we need to focus on, and, um, get this um, skill building and this life-changing stuff to everybody who needs it, adults and, and kids. Completely agree with that. If somebody does want to bring Bouncy into their classroom or into their community, how can they go about doing that? Well, the easiest way to do that is just go to our website, www.rippleeffects.com, and click on the demo page. There's a, a link right to a demo. Uh, we can get you then a, a foot to the person who can give you a demo and, and work from there. Talking today with John Raykill and Heidi Raykill from Ripple Effects. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Hope you have a great time at ISTE, and I look forward to seeing all the great things that Bouncy's going to So as you can see, there's a lot of great stuff going on at ISTE. I want to say thank you again to Lisa and Sean and for all of our guests for coming on today. That was such a great conversation, and I'm looking forward to keeping in touch with them over the summer, and maybe you'll see them pop up again on TeacherCast. Now, another great company that I had an opportunity to meet with was Wacom. Wacom is the leading manufacturer of pen tablets and interactive pen displays. And you might be thinking, what is happening these days with touch technology, inking, and how can I bring that into my classrooms? I have today uh, with me for the show, Miss Erin Weiner, the Director of Marketing, and also Larry Torrey, the Director of Sales. I'm going to play for you guys my interview right now with the great group over at Wacom. We are here live at ISTE 2022 from New Orleans, and I am sitting here today with Aaron Weiner, the Director of Marketing, and Larry Torrey, the Director of Sales from Wacom. How are you guys, and how has the conference been for you? It's been great. We love the energy. We love being back in person. We love seeing how inspired the teachers are with the content that they're soaking up and what, what they're sharing. And what yep. have you been seeing from teachers? What have they been asking you on the floor? Uh, what's new, right? What? They're asking, yeah, and, and what can we do better in the classroom? And what is new these days? What is what is happening with Wacom? And what's, what are you seeing in the classroom? Yeah, so it's um, it's for us, it's all about pen enablement and digital ink in mm -hmm. the classroom. Um, so being able to enhance presentations from a teacher perspective, um, as well as giving the students the opportunity to deliver their message back to the teacher or doing their work digitally with a digital pen and digital ink. So we know that Wacom is known for your great inking tools. Talk to us a little bit about what you're offering this summer. What can we expect to see for back to school season? 
Well, I think what's really exciting for um, what we can see in back to school is our partnerships with a lot of the education software. So Wacom works with any software. So as teachers are going back into the classroom, they're wanting to be more efficient. They're wanting to figure out, you know, time is precious. How do we get those student outcomes up? And what we have is Wacom has partnerships with um, software companies like Kami and Pear Deck. And so we're working with them on building content to show how do you use the Wacom product. We know people are already using Pear Deck. How do you use it with ink to really amplify um, what you're trying to do to in increase like student interactivity as you're doing lesson plans. Um, even here at ISTE, I was sat in on a session from Russian Richards and he was talking about math instruction and using whiteboarding and video and math instruction. And he was showing how drawing out the response and recording that feedback as you're giving feedback to a student really takes it to another level. Instead of just writing on paper or drawing it, if you're drawing it and recording what you're saying, then that um, the, the student is allowed to then know what you're focusing on, they can hear your tone of voice, and it, it just has a different impact. Now when we're looking at the word inking and pen technology, that's still a new term for a lot of people. Can you just basically explain what are we talking about here? This is an audio show, of course. Mm -hmm. So what, what, what is this thing that is happening in the classrooms? Is this something that goes onto their Chromebook? Is this a separate device? What are we looking at? Yes, so it's an accessory. Um, it's a, a little tablet that connects via USB uh, to Chromebook, where it works with Chromebook certified, uh, connects to a Mac or to a PC. And it uh, essentially turns any of those devices into a pen-enabled device. And as Aaron said, uh, we are software agnostic. So all of those applications that teachers use today, whether they know it or not, are actually ink-enabled. So just find where that ink is in that application, turn it on, and that device now allows you to, to do pen input or write on that particular application. So Kami, Pear Deck, Foxit, um, and uh, Google Classroom, Jamboard. Uh, all of those applications are inherently pen-enabled or ink-enabled. So what does that mean? If I'm using Google Classroom, am I going to be able to draw on the Google Classroom screen itself? So on a Jamboard application, absolutely. So not every Google application is ink-enabled, but uh, Jamboard is. Uh, their new screencast application is ink-enabled, so that allows you to create a video and add ink to that video instead of just moving a screen around or so you can mark up, annotate, highlight things. Um, and then from an um, a overall digital perspective, um, we have this vision of the classroom being eliminating paper completely and being completely digital. So a math exercise that is a PDF um, can be opened, the student can write out their math problems with their pen, um, submit it to Google Classroom, the teacher opens that document, turns on a red pen, marks it up, puts maybe notes in the sidelines, and then submits it back to Google Classroom so the student gets their grade 100% digital, so no more paper. What is the cost of something like this? If I was in middle school and I was looking to bring this in, one per student, what do these kinds of units run? Yeah, so super cost effective. The student device, which is connected via USB, is $49 a device. And then the teacher, what we recommend for the teachers, uh, actually a wireless device that allows them to be mobile so they're not tethered to their desk. Um, and that's at $79. And when you're looking at making a purchase of this, is this something that a student would leave in the classroom? So you'd be buying a classroom set? Or is this something that the student would take home with them? What do you usually see happening in the classrooms? 
Well, you know, they're super durable, so they, the technology is not fragile, um, so they can take it home um, in their backpacks and bring it back and forth, or they can stay in the classroom. It depends on if it's a lab setting or if the district is really doing one-to-one. -one. Yeah, and if there is one-to-one -one with the Chromebook, just throw it in, the, in your bag with your Chromebook. Yep. It's super sturdy, just wrap the cord around it and yep. toss it in your bag. A lot of the people that are listening to the show today are instructional coaches, and they're very focused on how can I train my teachers to use this new and improving and emerging technology. Talk to us a little bit about the professional development. How can I, as a coach, bring this into my school and then pass it forward? Sure. So we have um, some new, new team members that um, came from school districts. So um, our new education specialist spent 12 years as a uh, teacher and the last eight years as a uh, school and um, district technologist. So fully equipped in um, enabling teachers to use it with Cami and Pear Deck. So we will have a complete set of uh, YouTube videos and other education tools that are just really snippets and how to use it with their applications, our partner applications, but also very specific to math. And so this is how we'd use it for a math delivery or a science delivery. Um, so that's our intent is to have everything um, in a YouTube channel. Uh, I'd love to add that we do have some great content on Wacom's YouTube channel right now. Stacey Roshan, who is a great um, influencer, has created Wacom 101 video. So you can go on there and learn all about how to use it and how to how to leverage it with the, the tools you're already using. And of course, you can find information over at Wacom.com, W-A-C-O-M.com. You know, as we're looking at the technology and we're moving into the school year, where do you see this technology next year when we meet at ISTE in Philadelphia? <laughs> What's on the roadmap? Uh, so we do have some new products coming out in the fall um, that will um, look a little bit different, like a next generation product. Um, we can't talk a lot about them. Um, but yeah, look for them um, in, uh, in late October, November timeframe. When a school district is looking to make a purchase of this, Am I looking at this as an elementary purchase through high school, mostly middle school? How young would you give somebody a pen and an inking device? So at Wacom, we have this notion of lifelong ink. So um, children, as soon as they can put something in their hand, whether it's a crayon or a piece of chalk, they do that. So why shouldn't it be a digital pen? So if you're thinking the future, and we have this notion of lifelong ink, that you would have a digital pen from the second you're holding a pen or pencil um, until the, your end of life, if you will. And I would assume that being able to create something that's totally unique, using your hands, using that pen, parents have to love the process and parents have to be able to see exactly what their students are doing, thinking and feeling. It's got to be awesome working with the communities. It is. And what I love is it's the products can be used not just for what you're doing in the classroom, but you see children at a really young age loving art and just that that freedom to create. And, and our products enable them to express their creativity in new and different ways. So as a parent, I love throwing tools in front of my kid that help bring out his creativity. So that's really fun. What advice do you have for anybody who's going to be at ISTE next year, working with vendors, working with the community? What do you see that you can give somebody to say, you know what? We want to be able to help you. So 
being completely software agnostic, right? Mm -hmm. That really opens the the world for us. And um, and just think about how you might be able to pen enable those things. Uh, how your curriculum is being delivered today can always be enhanced by a pen. So we will challenge teachers throughout this year, right? How how can you use it in the classroom? And we'll we'll show you simple examples. But what we want to do is learn what they're doing. So hopefully next year we're going to have a lot of those unique and and different uh, applications that we never really thought of. So we're really hoping to draw that out of the teachers um, this coming year and be able to talk about that next year. I want to say thank you to, to I want to say thank you to Aaron and Larry for coming on the show today. I hope you guys had a great ISTE. Um, where can we learn more about all the great stuff that you guys are Of course, we want to say thank you to Aaron and Larry one more time for coming on to talk to us at ISTE all about the great things happening at Wacom. Another great company that we had a chance to interview at ISTE was Epson, and we talked today to Remy Del Mar, the K-12 product manager, all about how Epson is focusing on making it easier for teachers to integrate their projection technologies. We had a chance to talk not only about their Brightlink boards, but really how even Epson is getting into the social-emotional learning today. Here's my interview with K-12 product manager, Remy Delmar. We are here live at ISTE 2022, and you know, all throughout the conference, I've been hearing about professional development, product training, making sure that all the great solutions that are out here on the vendor floor are being used not only in the classroom, but being used wisely by students. With me today to talk about that very subject is Remy Delmar, the K-12 product manager from Epson. Remy, how are you today? I'm good, thanks for having me. It is good to have you here. What have you thought about the conference this year? It's been, real, well, first of all, it's my first real one as a K-12 product manager for Epson. Uh, a lot of energy. It seems like people are excited to be here and um, have come with an intention or project in mind. So it's been pretty busy the last couple of days. And what have you seen from customers or teachers that have come up to your booth? Um, one, you know, for the last two years, even though we launched a new platform, shipped the products related to that platform, um, we haven't had trade shows. Mm. Um, so many people who had actually bought them came to the booth, seeing it sort of in action in different applications, being excited about actually working with them. Um, and uh, a lot of questions about uh, specifics as installation starts usually around July timeline, as you know, and mm -hmm. in December. Uh, so we've been busy showing and talking about how we're supporting um, educators. And when we're looking at everything that's happening between the ed tech and the classroom, where are we today? I mean, as you've mentioned, it's been a while since we've been at a NISTE conference. Everything's changing. I'm seeing projector technology changing. I'm seeing printing technologies changing. But I'm also seeing the support that a, that a uh, ed tech company provides the classroom that has ramped up tremendously. How is Epson supporting teachers this time? No, thanks, that's a very good question. So about a year ago, I would say, this is before uh, people got back to school. There were a lot of questions around the impact of pandemic on future classrooms, return to school, um, all the technology acquisition that had happened. So we started a research. Uh, we talked to a lot of decision makers, principals, desi school designers, teachers, and a couple of, and we basically started setting some priorities for ourselves. 
things that are going to fit into our technology roadmap, but also things that we want to do to help teachers use our tools effectively. So uh, one of the things we've done is one, um, in-house digital assets uh, for teachers and integrators both to learn about our technology. And also we partnered up with Eduscape, um, Eduscape team. They're a company we'd worked with in the past to do in-person PD uh, in classroom. But of course, because of the pandemic, they started doing hybrid and online. And so we basically developed um, about 19 different online courses um, that kind of teach teachers how to use our uh, technology within the context of classroom, like Brightling with Google Classroom, Brightling for Minecraft, uh, Brightling for coding, Brightling for emotional social learning. So there are a lot of topics and they are basically self-paced. Uh, they come with an assessment at the end so teachers can test their own proficiency and they can retake it whenever they want to. You had mentioned social emotional learning, which seems to be a major focus of this year's conference. How can a Brightling projector support social emotional learning? For a topic like this, I think for this particular course, our focus was student engagement. I think when people aren't engaged, they also feel demotivated. Mm -hmm. um, and so this course is basically centered around that topic. It's also making learning fun, uh, bringing some gamification and helping teachers engage students from different level of, you know, um, I guess proficiency within a classroom. Another topic that's been happening, and I've gotten this from quite a few administrators, is they're trying to transform their rooms into that beyond 21st century. Like we know what that means, but they're trying to figure out what's going to happen over the next two, three, four, five years. Where is Epson going with this type of technology, and what do we see in the future for what the classroom can look like? Well, thanks for mentioning that. So, front of the classroom, what we heard time and time again from teachers is that they love their whiteboard. And I think what makes projection different is like you could still have a digital whiteboard. You can project content and use your whiteboard. But teachers also want to not be tethered to the front of the classroom. They want to be able to move around, um, break students into different groups, um, give them different activities. And so what we are focusing on in terms of our roadmap is seamless integration for wireless connectivity from devices to display, so not just interactivity at display, but also devices to display. And also, uh, you know, a lot of things that we heard is teachers don't want to deal with, they don't want to set up, they don't have a lot of time, they want to come and teach and go. And so a lot of it is for us on the back end to make sure Epson devices, like imagine if you walked in with your document camera from a single classroom to another classroom, your projector would recognize that. It will automatically pair your doc cam to your projector. So you don't have to um, spend time trying to connect the two devices. When you're interacting with teachers on the floor, what kinds of things are they asking for? There are, um, you know, I think lesson plans are super important to them. Um, uh, what I saw when we, we were actually, Eduscape right now is doing um, courses on the hour on different topics. Um, I'm seeing a lot of interest on new ideas like coding as opposed to accessing uh, Google or Google Classroom because I think by now a lot of them are already proficient in that. So I think there are a lot of interest on how do I use display technology with things that are becoming more of a trendy or topics of interest for students. And for any school district that's looking to improve what's happening in their classroom, where do they reach out to you and how do they learn more about the great work at Epson? They can find us at uh, epson.com forward slash education. That's our website and there's a lead form that can connect them with proper um, 
regional respective um, account owners. And again, we want to say thank you to Remy Del Mar, the K-12 product manager at Epson, for sitting down with us and sharing us a little bit about what's happening at Epson. Now, my last interview today and the way that we're going to close off this show is talking with Chris Klein, the head of education for a fantastic company called Advantage. They are really leading the edge, the bleeding edge, the cutting edge of what is happening in the classrooms with augmented reality and virtual reality. This was one of my absolute favorite interviews of the entire ISTE conference because I got to tell you, one of the major tent poles of this conference was reality. What is reality? How does it work? What's virtual? What's augmented? And I'm still, after 11 years, trying to figure all of this stuff out. But Chris was a great guy. He sat down with us, really explained to us really how things like class Class VR, Eduverse, all of these different things are being used in the classroom hands-on. And if you're an instructional coach, how you can help bring this type of technology directly into the hands of your teachers and your students. I am so excited to bring this to you. And after that interview, we've got a little bit of a wrap-up. And I told you I'd give you a little bit of a backstory of where I am after ISTE. So here's my interview with the head of education from Advantis, Chris Klein. We're here live at ISTE 2022, and you know, all throughout this year, we've been talking about AR and VR. And a couple days ago, when I was walking to the floor, a good friend of mine came up and said, augmented reality, virtual reality has arrived. And I said, what does that mean? To answer that question today is the head of education for Atlantis, Mr. Chris Klein. Chris, welcome. Thank you for being on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. This has been a great show. It's wonderful to be back in person with all of these great educators here down in New Orleans. And uh, anything we could do for your listeners, I think that would be great also. You know, we've been coming to ISTE now for 10 years. And every time I come here, there's always seems to be a theme. And one year, the theme was connectivity. One year, the theme was 3D. One year, the theme was app smashing. This year, there seems to be two major themes of the conference, eSports and ARVR. Talk to us a little bit about where we are with augmented and virtual reality. Well, it's interesting that you say that because um, I, I've seen those same types of trends. And uh, VR and AR, we actually brought, uh, Vantas Class VR brought over the product to the United States about six years ago. So I've seen over the course of the last six years, wave after wave of the bleeding edge, the cutting edge, I've written a grant, we're looking into this, we're dipping our toe into it, what can it do, et cetera. This is the first year that I can say resoundingly, with the traffic that we've had in the booth and the people we've been talking to, it's not about, ooh, that's a cool, what are the specs on the hardware? It's turned a lot more into, I get it, I've got money, what can I do with it? And that's the, that's the key. Those are the types of questions that I actually enjoy having because VR and AR can be truly transformative. It can also just be an event-based edutainment system. And I think that when the rubber meets the road, it really has to be something that enhances what the teachers are doing instead of replacing them. Well, let's talk a little bit about that because my theory is you have people that teach STEM and then you have STEM teachers. Correct. And a lot of times is you have a STEM teacher and they purchase these things and then that person moves on and now you have a teacher of STEM and it sits in a box. Yep. 
what is Advantage doing to help school districts learn how to use and harness the technology that's not only coming out, but they might already have? Excellent. Yeah, the the interesting thing about what Advantage did with Class VR when we came out is we came at the problem, let's say, in a much different way than everyone else. It really boils down to there's companies that are doing VR and they really fall into one of two camps. There are the people that are doing a consumer model, which is they start with a nice headset and then they say, oh, we want to make this educational. Go to the Google Play Store and find an app to download and have that replace my teaching. We didn't go that route. We actually started first with saying, we believe virtual and augmented reality can be very powerful in any classroom because it connects to the students on a more emotional and visceral level. So if teachers have an easy way to be able to bring in these virtual and augmented reality resources to enhance what they're already teaching, then we think that that's gonna be a winner. We also know that teachers, if they do not buy into it, if they can't trust in what's going on, the students will never touch it. So when we designed our system, we actually started with the software first. We started with the questions of what does a teacher need to be able to do in this type of paradigm to be able to easily bring this content over to have it be transformative for the student. And after we went through all of those checkpoints, that's where we ended up saying, and you know what, we could probably build a pretty nice headset also that will tie directly into that and make it a turnkey offering. So you're talking about these headsets. Um, what are we talking about? How much does it cost? How do we get one? Absolutely. So the headsets, um, there used to be really two different types of headsets. There were the bring your own phone or run an old phone drive, and then you're taking a device and you're slapping it into a piece of plastic or a piece of cardboard, and that's your viewer. No one really liked that because you ran across multiple different generations of hardware and the functionality wasn't the same and you're getting all the chargers and were they broken. It, it became a lot for people to handle. We've always been an all-in-one self-contained headset. So in our headset, basically we already have the device, which is an Android device, embedded into it. So it's a one-piece shell. It has stereo speakers, built-in microphone, all that great stuff. But really at the end of the day, we've removed the hurdle of I have to go and find hardware We've got the hardware already there. We actually started off by selling, and believe it or not, in sets of eight. So our hardware is sold as a blended offering. There is a software license as well as the hardware. Our hardware sells in sets of eight or carts of 30. Carts of 30 were only brought out because everybody was asking us to, because there were other competitors in the space that sold in that quantity, because if you're doing an event-based thing like a field trip, every student has to have that headset. That was not our original design philosophy though. We are on again, off again technology, so we started with a set of eight. That way students can pair up together. It can be used in a learning center, a learning zone, etc. I always say the last thing I want to see is 30 students with 30 headsets on for 45 minutes or more. That's not teaching, that's edutainment. So what we do is we do an on again, off again technology. If you're talking about pedagogical approach and utilizing your own existing curriculum, I see it as you introduce a topic, you do some direct instruction, you then put the headset on for two, three, four minutes to enhance and enrich and give that visceral experience, take the headset off, discuss what you did, then bridge to your next topic and so on. So it's an on again, off again, and sets of eight worked great. As far as pricing goes, it's $4,200 for a set of eight headsets, and it's 17,000 for a cart of 30 headsets, and then there is the software license on top of that. So in the past, many people think of virtual reality, as you said, these field trips where you have a 
product, you have a curriculum, you have a map, you have a, something that's already created for you. But teachers today want to be able to create their own. Students want to be able to create their own. Where are we with this? So as we're looking at student creation coming in and having things that are already pre-built, a lot of the companies will actually start off with that consumer approach where it's relying on apps. Those apps are created by third-party developers and they have very firm frameworks around them that the students are able to perform within. What we actually did, since we're dealing not with apps, we're dealing with resources at, with, at ClassVR, we focus on root file formats such as images, video, 3D models. Now that's a great way to go because I kind of jokingly refer to it as the next generation overhead projector slide. <laughs> uh, because again, it's a, rehorse, uh, it's a resource enhancing what I'm already doing. But it would have been very short-sighted for us to have said, okay, here is a list of resources that we're going to give you as part of your subscription but not allow you to also bring in your own. So we focus on using JPEGs and PNGs for 360 images, MP4 for VR videos, GLB or STL file formats for 3D models. So all of those 3D printers that are out there, if someone wants to wait six hours to print one item, they can, but they can also bring that GLB file over into our management portal, put it on our headset, and the students can be holding it in their hand in augmented reality in a matter of minutes. So we've really tried to keep this platform approach to everything we're doing. We are not a curriculum company. We are not a curriculum provider. We're not a textbook publisher. We're a platform company. And I always say, content to me is like cars on the road. I don't care what kind of car you drive. I just want to make sure that the bridges and tunnels and roads are good and able for you to get that content from point A to point B. If someone's interested in learning more, where do they go? Who do they talk to? Well, the best place to go if you're looking, if you're in the need for headsets, the best place to go is going to be classvr.com. As I said, that's our turnkey solution. We've been doing this for six or seven years now, and it really is proven to be rock solid. However, at the show, what we're really excited about is we've actually just made a massive announcement that I think everyone's going to like. So if you remember one website out of everything, mm -hmm. it's eduverse.com, E-D-U-V-E-R-S-E.com. What we've done is we've taken the idea of a virtual space online that can support students and teachers from multiple locations on any device, bring them into the same space where they can have communication, collaboration, you can teach from the surface of the moon, you can teach from the valley of the dinosaurs. It's really all up to you and the one thing that that does with everything we're doing in the Eduverse is it allows the students to be represented by avatars, they don't have to have their cameras on, which was the big downfall of most video conferencing software that schools were forced into because of the pandemic. I want to say thank you to Chris Klein. I hope you have a great conference here. So that wraps up episode number 230 of the TeacherCast podcast. 11 years are behind us, and I hope 11 more years are in front of us. Thank you for for, for really being a part of this journey. Thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you to my guests. If you noticed during the show, um, my voice at ISTE was was a little bit off, right? I, I, I didn't have the same energy, and that's something I, I didn't, I was aware of. But to be honest, um, and I'm, I'm okay saying this, as soon as I got back from ISTE, I took a test, and something positive, let's just say, followed me home. 
Um, 11 days later, as I'm recording this, still not better, still not uh, where I need to be, still struggling with a few things. Um, I know I'm not alone. I know there's many teachers that came back from ISTE a little, uh, a little positive, if you will. And, uh, you know, for everybody that was uh, you know, at ISTE, I hope everybody turned out okay. I hope as many of us came back healthy. I certainly am coming back home and, and struggling with this. And this is my first time dealing with it in my family. Personally, I'm glad I took it. My, my wife is negative. My kids are negative. Thank the Lord for all of that. Um, and we've been struggling, even though I'm on day 11, possibly of all this could be day 12 or 13. But, but really, you know, 10 plus days later, still dealing with all of this stuff. But the world still goes on and I want to end up today saying thank you and thank you for all of this and thank you for checking this out so again that wraps up episode number 230 of the TeacherCast podcast on behalf of everybody here on TeacherCast for the last 11 years thank you so much so keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students you've been listening to the TeacherCast educational network hosted by Jeff Bradbury Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at TeacherCast or online at www.teachercast.net. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App 